That was some okay. pretty great harmony, guys. We are okay. up and in with Nick, and we got okay. Brock. Brock, how are you doing? I am doing well. I uh, didn't do anything this weekend. Uh, it's just been chill. My life has been very boring since uh, Greek reunion. So I'll let Nick talk about his fun life and let him brag about what he's doing now. Well, first we'll go to Vansel and see how he's doing, and then I'll brag about my life. I'm doing well. Back to you, Nick. <laughs> All right. Um, well, as you guys know, I'm currently in Kentucky. We got a, a three-way um, remote podcast. Oh. <laughs> We've got a three-way remote podcast going today, so that's pretty exciting. First time we've ever done that. Didn't know it was that kind um, of podcast. I am in Kentucky this week down at Lake Barkley. It's kind of a kind of a remote location, I guess. Like it's kind of away from like not very very many people know about it. It's like a lake. A it's kind of like not quite like that remote. Man, so oh. <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be quite on a tear today, aren't you? Yep. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's going to be a good podcast. Great place. Uh, can't wait. Absolutely cannot wait. Uh, it's a pretty great place. If I can continue to brag about my life and talk about my vacation, Ansel, please. Yep, um, go for it. it. It's a pretty great place. The lake is just about as big as Lake of the Ozarks, but like I said, nobody really knows about it. So it's good that we don't have a huge audience. So not everybody flocks down here. Um, I think that's pretty much all I got. Pretty much sat on the boat all day today. I'm in the lobby currently of the lodge that we're staying at. So you hear any background noise that's probably what's going on um they made me sing in the middle of the lobby i'm definitely getting some weird looks kind of recording a podcast just sitting here but that's where we're at that's the kind of dedication we got you didn't get the lobby cleared out for the podcast no no i just couldn't do that i'm sorry i don't have those sort of powers lake barkley is a hidden gym it really is my dad's been coming here since he was 10 years old and i've been coming here ever since as I, I can remember it's a lot of fun all right well we can go right in mike leak kind of the topic of our last podcast mike leak almost threw a perfect game so we almost had the uh, perfect game before we stormed area 51 unfortunately yeah, I, I would have been wild he he got a, he got about as close to a perfect game as the people will get to area 51 before they get mowed down yeah, you think they're going to get to the ninth? Perfect. How well, I've close been looking is that to Area 51? I've been looking over the strategy. I think the flankers will have a better chance. Um, but, yeah, I'd say that's pretty accurate. Like, you said you are looking into hotel rooms too, weren't you, Ansel? Uh, I, I got an Airbnb. Oh, I gotcha. Hotels were all booked? Yeah. Wait, seriously? Uh, I've seen on the internet that the one closest – to Area 51 has been fully booked for September 20th. That's ridiculous. I don't, nobody's going to do this. That's just wrong. All right. Anyway, the next topic that we were going to talk about was Tyreek Hill. I'm curious. I'm going to go to Barack as our in-house Chiefs fan. What are your thoughts on Tyreek Hill not being suspended? What are your thoughts on just the whole situation? Um, my biggest takeaway is my anger at the uh, Kansas City media. Um, they broke the news, and they had the entire um, recording that we got later, and they had reported that Tyreek Hill beat his son and all these things and kind of just slandered his name. 
Um, and then a few months later, the public hears these tapes and has a completely different reaction. Um, and one thing about the tape is that it, his girlfriend, wife, fiance, however you want to explain her, um, had a second phone and was recording this, trying to frame him on their trip in Dubai. And he had no idea that she was filming him. He denied everything the entire time. And he also referred back to the 2014 or 2015 incident where he actually pled guilty for assault on his then pregnant um, girlfriend, who was the same girl. I think her name's Crystal. And he said, we can go back to that year and we can talk about how that never happened either. Um, So I like looked into that and basically he pled guilty because he um, didn't want to face like a larger punishment. So it was just like a guilty plea. Um, and then all these tapes come out. People have a completely different reaction than the initial Kansas City media. Tyreek Hill meets with Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell, the last, I think last week, and he'll have no suspension. And the Chiefs said today that they're happy to have Tyreek back, and they believe in him, and they uh, they trust that he's on the right path. So that's great news as a Chiefs fan and as a big Tyreek Hill fan that a lot of the things that have been happening just are kind of a falsified truth. Vance, what are your thoughts? Did you hear any of the tape? Uh, no. I don't really know much about the situation because obviously I kind of heard the reaction. So I was like, wow, that's pretty serious. But then it's like, now I'm hearing it's fake. I haven't really looked into it. So I don't really know what's even happening with that. I just know he's not suspended. What I've seen has been interesting. I know I listened to a little bit of the tape, but I didn't hear all of it. So I, I didn't necessarily have the same reaction that you had, Brock. Um, like hearing him talk to his, I'm pretty sure it's his wife and say that like, she should fiance. fear him fiance saying that she should fear him. And that she was talking about how the three-year-old is scared of him. And she said, why does the kid keep on saying that you broke his arm? I, don't, I mean, but like you said, I guess if she was trying to frame him, that could have made the conversation a little bit different from my light from where I was, where I was hearing it from. But I thought, I don't know. I thought it was ridiculous. His kid has a broken arm. Somebody broke his arm, and apparently the kid was saying that he did it. Yeah, they actually found out that she broke his arm. Um, the uh, investigation found that she did that. I thought that they said that they didn't have enough evidence to see who did it at all. Because I saw kind of the... Uh... So, yeah, the evidence, like, basically that they named her, and Terry Kill was, like, his name was taken out of it, and he's not being charged with anything. But, like, the child services were still investigating Crystal. And they believe that she did it. But, like, there's not really proof. Um, and the little kid keeps saying that daddy did it when he – I the way that I understand it was he wasn't even there when it happened. But, again, it's just so much well, – he said, she said, nobody really knows one way or the other. And I think that just by – the league stance is, like, we don't know. And the investigation was inconclusive. So it's just so unsure. And, like, the biggest priority is the child's safety – and I think as long as he's safe and Crystal's actually pregnant with twins, Tyreek's twins. So as long as those kids, his three kids now, are safe and sound, whether that's with Tyreek or not, then I think that that's the best case scenario. Yeah, I just think that with his history, I don't really think that the whole situation looked very good. And on, and on the recording as well, I heard her say something like whenever he's bad, like you tell him to open up his arms and you hit him in the chest. I don't know. Just with a three-year-old, that seems like it's way over the line, especially coming from an NFL player. 
I don't know. I think that there should have been at least some yeah, sort was, of suspension with the recording that came out. I was – the last thing I'll say about this, I was very surprised that if there was conclusive evidence that the league wouldn't have at least suspended him a few games because they've been so hard-pressed on, like, Ezekiel Elliott, where there was no real proof. Um, and the investigation said that he was free, like, guilt-free, right. but he still re- received a suspension, but Tyreek doesn't. So that makes me think that – Maybe the story's a little bit different than the public is. Right, hearing. Zeke was the first thing that came to my mind too, and then even Josh Gordon getting yeah. basically banned from the entire NFL for smoking weed, and then this happens and no suspension at all. Just interesting. I don't know. I just wanted to hear what your perspective was. Indeed. I figured you'd have a lot to say of it as a Chiefs fan. Um, I mean, just in terms of yeah. like fantasy-wise drafts, and he's been quite the steal in drafts that have happened before this point. And I'm sure moving forward, obviously, he's going to move way up in draft boards. All right. Um, the next thing kind of transitions uh, from that. I'm curious what your guys' uh, NFL team that you're most excited to watch this year. Maybe even some players specifically as well. Vansel, you can Vansel, start. Me. Well, for me, it's my favorite NFL team, the Cleveland Browns. It's all I come in. <laughs> I mean, ever since the Rams left, there's been a football-shaped hole in my heart. Didn't really know who to root for, which is kind of watching. And then I was like, you know what? The Browns are a good risk. They just finished an 0-16 season. When they win, it will be super fun. And if they lose, it's expected. It's whatever. I got my Baker jersey before the season started. Now, big fan. Can't wait to watch their offense work with Jarvis Landry and OBJ. I just read this other story about this like undrafted wide receiver that they signed who's apparently just like actually kind of good out of a JUCO college. So I'm pretty pumped to watch their offense work. And I think their defense can be really good too. So I'm pumped to see what they'll do. Yep. So the team that I am most interested in this year is the same team I was interested in last offseason, and it's the San Francisco 49ers. Um, with Jimmy G hopefully having a healthy season, they've got their star quarterback. They're, they made some big sign, signings in the offseason. They signed – or traded for D Ford, rather. Um, they signed Tevin Coleman, Quan Alexander, Jason um, Verrett, Jordan Matthews, um, Jimmy Ward as well. Like, they just – their defense is absolutely loaded. Um, and then last, they also have Richard Sermon, and their D-line is just insane. Um, and Kyle Shanahan's an offensive wizard um, when he was with the Falcons. And I think if Jimmy G can stay healthy, the San Francisco 49ers are going to be a dark horse with the offensive weapons that they have as well. The, they had a tight end break. Um, the NFL tight end receiving record last year, Marquise Goodwin – They've just got a lot of good young studs, so I'm interested in 49ers this year. Who's their running back? Tevin Coleman, and then I was about to say, but I went on ACL last year, like in the first week of training camp. Oh, my goodness. Let me look it up real quick. As I'm looking this up, Nick, who's your team besides the Cowboys? I am. I I would say the Cowboys, yes, but I'm gonna stick 
um, away from my favorite team and in the same division as you, actually, and say the Arizona Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are going to be really fun to watch. Kyler Murray, specifically. Obviously, I think it'll be cool to watch him go into the league. I wish, I really wish baseball would have made a stronger push for him, but I think it'll be fun watching him play football. Um, I've always been a big Larry Fitzgerald fan, and David Johnson is super fun to watch. Um, I think that they have a chance to be good this year, and I think that it'll be fun watching them. I just think that division in yeah, general is going to be really fun. Yeah, I, I agree. They're loaded. The Seahawks always are contenders. Um, you got the 49ers, and then your Cardinals are going to be sneaky good. And, of course, the Rams are the Rams. Um, right. It was actually Jarek McKinnon, who I could not remember. And I always think that – I've always thought that Tevin Coleman is good, honestly. The whole time that he was in Atlanta playing behind Devonta Freeman, I always thought Tevin Coleman was the better back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the um, the 49ers D-line. Nick Bosa, DeForest Buckner. D. Ford, Quan Alexander. All right. What about and Solomon Thomas? What about NBA? You guys have some favorite teams that you're looking forward to watch next season, uh, or any players specifically? Yeah, we've right. talked about um, Zion a lot. Um, I'm interested to see the Pelicans this year. See if Lonzo, how he meshes with them. Josh Hart. Um, Brandon Ingram, they're going to be young, and they're kind of like just the the first, the next, like I would say 76ers, like a bunch of young guys, um, unproven, and they're just going to be fun to watch as Zion. There's going to be a lot of ball movement, um, and there's not going to be like one stud star player, I don't think. I think it's going to be a team effort, and I like that in the NBA. Man. For me, I would say there's like two teams I'm really looking forward to watching. First one, Miami Heat with Jimmy Butler and their rookie Tyler Hero who kind of lit it up during the summer league. So I'm excited for them, big Jimmy Butler fan. I'm also looking forward to watching the Celtics this year. I feel like Kemba is a better fit because they already have a talented roster. But I think Kemba is going to be a better fit than Kyrie there. So I'm excited to watch like what they'll be able to do now with Kemba at the help. Yeah, I am a big Warriors fan, and uh, I'm excited to watch them. I always, I honestly was a bigger – like I thought – I liked watching the team better before we got KD, so I think it'll be fun to watch the transition away from it as well. I think that Steph Curry is just absolutely amazing. I think that he just makes players around him better, and I think that it'll be – I think that people kind of – not necessarily underrated him, but people kind of overlook him a little bit more now that we've had KD for the last couple of years, and I think that – he'll start getting appreciated a little bit more and probably go back to unanimous MVP type Steph Curry because that's what he'll have to do. He's just really, really good at playing his role and making his team better. So I think it'll be cool watching him this year. Yeah, he's definitely underappreciated. But, Nick, you're the type of person that I hate the most. You like the Warriors and the Cowboys and the Cardinals. So you just like three of the best teams in all the, in every single league. Yeah, see, I've been a Warriors fan long before they were good. And the Cowboys aren't good. <laughs> um, and then the Cardinals but, are good. I agree, but I live in St. Louis. That's a decent excuse there. Um, and then I guess I didn't really ask you guys specific players in the NFL. Any specific players you're looking forward to watching this year? I know it may line up with the team, but just 
if there's any players outside of the teams that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, one of my favorite players um, in the NFL who's kind of been a letdown, I guess, for his hype is Stephon Diggs. He is just so smooth. He's got some of the cleanest routes, some of the cleanest jump balls. And besides his miracle, or the miracle in Minnesota, he hasn't really produced that much for them. Um, Thielen's been getting a lot of targets. Um, I think Diggs is kind of destined for a breakout year this year. How about you, Vansel? Um, so the rookie quarterback for the Washington Redskins, Dwayne Haskins. I'm interested to watch him, see what he'll do. Because he didn't really get a ton of hype around the draft, but I feel like he was always good with Ohio State. So I'm excited to watch him play if he gets the chance to start. Yeah, I would. Which I would imagine. I think that he'll be good if he gets to play yeah. every day or every week, like from the get go. Well, who is their? I think one of my quarterback, Colt McCoy. <laughs> Colt McCoy. Didn't they have a guy that got like a really bad? Uh, going into the draft, it. Yeah, Alex Smith, he broke his yeah. leg. He's out for the year. That's but um, they signed Case Keenum. They signed Case Keenum, who may honestly start week one just so they don't have to throw Dwayne Haskins into the fire. But he, the quarterback room is pretty thin for the Redskins, so he's got a clear path to playing time. Kind of like opinion. a Baker kind of situation. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Baker, that's probably one of my – the most intriguing headlines for me is just Vance have kind of touched on it, but the Browns offense and reuniting um, Jarvis Landry and OBJ, um, the two LSU products. I think that that's going to be so much fun to watch those two high flying wide receivers every week. Yeah, that was honestly one of the things that I was going to say is watching those two play together is going to be amazing. I think they're two of the most electric wide receivers in the league. They make some of the greatest plays, and that'll just be really, really fun. But something I'm going to be watching very closely as a Cowboys fan is going to be Dak Prescott. I am not sure. I think the jury is still out on Dak, honestly. Not from my perspective. I think from my perspective, I don't think Dak is that good of a quarterback, to be completely honest. Um, It hurt me a lot uh, that year when he won 12 games in a row and we gave up on Tony Romo and didn't let him come back when he was healthy. I think we would have won the Super Bowl that year if we would have let Tony Romo come back, but that's a discussion for another time. Um, I think that I think this will be a big year for Dak. Dak has kind of always, I think, personally relied on Zeke a lot. I think Zeke makes Dak look like a much better quarterback than he is, and you kind of seen that in the last few years when Zeke's gone through. Uh, he had an injury and a suspension, and has kind of done various things, and we just put up no points when Zeke is out. And I think that it has been kind of made evident. And I think that this is kind of Dak's year to make or break kind of his image, either as a top tier quarterback, like in that top 12 ish range, or maybe he's outside of the top 15. I think this is kind of his year to prove where he's going to be. And I'm definitely going to be watching him pretty closely. He's, he's consistent and he makes good plays, but it's ridiculous to me that he couldn't, that Des Bryant couldn't keep a job. I think Des Bryant is incredibly talented or was incredibly talented at least. And, I don't know. I just I've never been a huge fan of Dak. Was definitely a big Tony Romo guy. Which I guess we got Tony Romo in the booth since he's been done with the Cowboys, which has been quite the treat. I really like listening to Tony Romo. Um but yeah, I definitely we got Jason Witten back. Yes, we got Jason Witten back. When I saw that I was like, please Tony Romo, please be next. Please, please be next. But 
Unfortunately, Tony is staying away. He actually just won some golf tournament for the second year in a row. He's doing he's doing just fine. He's doing fine without the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys definitely needed Tony more than Tony needed the Cowboys. Anyway, let's talk about some baseball. Um, trade deadline's coming up, and this year it's a let's real trade it. deadline. Um, it's not the uh, the trade deadline that was always kind of like, well, there's another trade deadline later in the season, but this one this one's real. What do you guys think about uh, this year's trade deadline? Who do you think is the biggest name that's going to move? What are some big names that are, people are kind of talking about that you don't think are going to move? Um, Brock, you can start. Um, first off, I love that there's a July 31st deadline um, where teams have to make the move by then, so it's not just like that weird transition, like purgatory period where you just kind of like you can still trade, but it's weird rules, yada, yada, yada. But I think that the only big name, big name in quotations, that will be traded is Marcus Stroman. And the reason I think that is because the NL is so tight. It is so close. Um, and a lot of these teams aren't going to deal their big names because, like, the Giants, yeah, the Giants are terrible, but the guys that they have right now are in the last few years of contention, like your Madison Bumgarners, your Panics, your Belts your Buster Posey's like, this is the last real year that they're going to be worth anything. So I think that they might deal Will Smith because the closes are a little bit easier to, to find and they've got a good bullpen, but like all of these teams in the NL are so close that it's hard. Like it's going to be interesting, I guess, to see in the next week if they start slumping like the Padres that if they're going to be sellers of Kirby Yates. Um, but like right now, I don't think that I don't see many of these names being moved. In the NL, in the AL, like I said, Marcus Stroman. I don't think I think the Indians would be dumb to trade Trevor Bauer with their resurgence that they've had. Um, Ken Giles, I think, will also be moved. He's not a huge name, but I don't see a lot of teams trading in the NL. Yeah, I think I'm on board with that. Honestly, um, San Francisco actually since June first, um, they have 29 wins. So in the last month and a half, they've won 29 games which is the second most in the majors, or I guess third most technically. Indians and Braves are both tied with 30, and the Giants have 29 since the start of, uh, since the start of June, which I think is pretty crazy. Um, they've made quite the push. They're pretty close to the wild card if they're not in the wild card, right? They're two and a half back. Two and a half back of the wild card. Um, I'm not sure they're the going to be sellers, off. honestly. I'm not sure they're going to be sellers. And like, kind of like you said, I'm surprised there aren't that many teams that I think will be selling in the NL. I think probably four teams in the Central still think they have a shot. Uh, I'm not sure the Pirates will be selling. Even I don't even know what they would sell, really. Vasquez? Um, yeah. Vasquez. Yeah. Do you think they'll give up Vasquez? Mm, probably not. No, they said that they will probably not trade him one and two, they're asking. In our, they would ask I guess an arm and a leg, just like they – just like um, Noah Syndergaard. I guess I can touch on him because I'm a big Thor guy. The Mets have said like they want an arm and a an arm and a leg and like two arms and legs or something um, for Noah Syndergaard and basically that it's gonna have to blow them out of the water to move him because they're I think they're more apt to move Zach Wheeler. Um, Thor is just a generational like physical pitcher like six six can th- touch a hundred like you they have the talent and they've tried to make a push this year. They can just chalk it up as an L, but hold on to their um, basically ace and a half to uh, Jake DeGrom. 
Yeah, I'm just looking at the NL standings. It's really, really tight. Like, there are only a couple teams where you can pretty much confidently say that they're out of it. Uh, probably the Marlins. They're not going to make it. I don't um, know. <laughs> the Padres and the Rockies are probably out of it, too. But I could see them even kind of being yeah, in a spot where they would want to make a run for it. Yeah, I think that the Padres won't be big sellers, but I really could see them selling Kirby Yates. They um, they lost today to the Mets. Um, they got beat pretty bad in the last Cubs series. Um, and I've been following the Padres a lot, and a lot of their Twitter, um, they talk like these. this series and the last series would kind of dictate how they go about the uh, trade deadline. And it seems like because they're losing and kind of slipping from the wild card that they – are probably more apt to deal Kirby Yates. Um, and that's probably really their only big trade piece besides maybe Hunter Renfro or Fran Miller is. Yeah, that makes sense. I think dealing closers is probably um, what will be most of what's happening here. But I'm not sure if San Francisco is going to get rid of Will Smith at this point. I think he would have probably got a pretty big price tag. Um, but like I said, I'm not sure he's going to deal him. So and from your guys' perspective – as a team looking for a closer, such as uh, Boston. I know the Red Sox are one of the biggest names looking for a closer right now. Um, from your perspective, uh, which of those three closers, Yates, Vasquez, or Will Smith, uh, would you want? Or you can even throw Ken Giles in there because I'm sure they'll probably be yeah. potentially looking Vance, for a closer. Vance, you can rank them. Vance, you um, rank all four, then I'll rank all four, and you can explain. I would say that – Probably for this year, Kirby Yates, Vasquez, and then Ken Giles and Will Smith for me are a toss-up. I think the Red Sox will more likely go for Ken Giles because he'll be cheaper. But if I'm ranking closers for this year, Yates, Vasquez, and then I maybe give Kim Giles the edge and then Will Smith. Yeah, I would say that's probably fair. If I'm trading, I would probably rank them for like now and the future. Vasquez, Yates, I'm pretty sure has a one-year deal. So Vasquez, Yates, Will Smith, Ken Giles. Ken Giles has kind of been a letdown this year. Um, a few injuries have kind of held him back. But I think either way, they're two different tiers. I think we agree on that, that they're, yeah. Yates and Vasquez are a little bit higher tier than Giles and Will Smith. I'm not sure that I do agree with that. I think Will Smith is a lot better than you guys are giving him credit for. His strikeout rate this year has been really, really good. He's closed down a lot of games for the Giants this year. I think, I mean, I've watched a lot of his games. I have him on one of, yeah, I think just one of my fantasy teams. So I've watched a lot of times when he comes in. He's a lefty, throws really hard. I like Will Smith, and I think that he is closer to Yates and Vasquez than he is to Ken Giles. I think that's fair. Yeah, I think all four of them are good, honestly. Yeah. I, I think that you couldn't go wrong with all four of them at this, this point. They're probably the top four. So Ken Giles has a sub-2 ERA right now. One six four with a one oh six whip. I mean, Ken Giles has been good. Yeah, I think all. Like I said, I think all four of them have been good. Definitely would all 
carry a large price tag, especially if they're going to the Red Sox. And that's the one thing that I would think is that if the Blue Jays are trying to trade with the Red Sox, I'm sure they'll try and stick it to them being in the same division. Yeah, I see Ken Giles going to the Braves or the Phillies as a more likely option than the Red Sox. I could see the Red Sox trading for Zach Wheeler because he consistently goes deep in the games, which would give their, like, bullpen that needed break because I don't think many of their starters really have been going deep. So you guys think the Red Sox are for sure going to be buyers here? I do think so. They have kind of an interesting – they have a 14-game stretch that just started yesterday where they play only Tampa Bay and the Yankees. Wow. 14 games in a row. I think it's a three-game set with the Rays and then four with the Yankees and then another three with the Rays and then another four with the Yankees. So I think that kind of – I mean, these next seven days, they're going to be playing the teams that are right above them in the standings. And if they knock off a lot of wins, then I think it will be pretty easy for them to be buyers. But if if they go on a lose streak here in the next five, six days and they that gap really widens, I could see – I don't know. I could see them hesitating a little bit to buy because that bullpen just looks really, really bad. I was watching their game. I think it was yesterday or two days ago when they played the Rays and their bullpen just native Aldi came back. It was his first game back and he gave up a couple of runs. And I saw somebody on Twitter tweeted comically because it was Avaldi's first day back. They're like, he's going to fit right in with this bullpen. Um, their bullpen has really been a mess all year long. <laughs> If if I'm a Red Sox fan, am I more mad if we are if we try to be buyers and then we don't even make the last wild card, or if we sell some like just some smaller guys and then make a bigger push for next year? Which one would you be more mad at? Because like you just cu- you're coming off of a World Series. I think as Red Sox fans, I think that would be more upset watching them sell after the year they won the World Series. Yeah, I think I'd be more mad if we just didn't even make the playoffs after we tried to make a push. Yeah, I think that would be tough to watch. Um, Regardless. Yeah, where do you think Stroman goes? You said you think he's the biggest name that moves. I think think the Yankees are the most interested. I don't know if the Blue Jays are going to deal him to the Yankees, so I would say... I think the Braves need another arm. They're in desperate need of another arm um, because they're have a good. They're, if they're going to contend with the Dodgers in the NL, they need to kind of go tit for tat with the rotation because the Braves bullpen hasn't been great and they don't have a closer either. But if they add a Stroman who goes deep into games, that kind of alleviates um, the need for a bullpen in a playoff game. Um, so I could see Stroman being a good fit, and they already have Keuchel, who's kind of like Stroman a. Not a huge strikeout guy, but he'll eat innings for you and gets weak contact. Um, so I could see the Braves being a dark horse. Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, what do you guys think? Just one last talk about some MLB trade talk. What do you think, fantasy-wise, what do you think is the biggest thing to be looking out for in these uh, trades, potential trades, rather? I mean, when closers are dealt, who is going to be the closer? for the team that just lost there. So, like, if Ken Giles leaves, who's going to be picking up those saves? Right. So, I think definitely looking to back up all four of those guys would be a good idea. But do you think if all four of those guys move, wherever they move to, you think they will be they will be the closer? 
That's been the big concern of Will Smith is like if he's dealt to a like a team like I don't know I can't even think of any off the top of my head that have a solidified closer that he might not even be a closer he might just be a the setup man, but I think the rest of them Ken Giles Vasquez and Yates would all be closers but Will Smith that could be an issue. Um, I don't know what you guys think about that. Is Will Smith the only lefty in that group? Vasquez. Vasquez is lefty too, because I always kind of worry because. Teams are sometimes hesitant to put a lefty in the closers role. They kind of like to use them in lefty-lefty matchups or just where they would rather um, just use a lefty. So sometimes they're a little bit hesitant. I don't really see any of those teams that we just talked about getting Will Smith and not using him to close. The Braves, I think he would close pretty easily. The Red Sox, I think he would be the closer. Cardinals, I think. Well, I guess I bet the Cardinals, if we ended up grabbing them these guys. Yeah, we would probably use them as a closer. The Brewers. Go ahead. I think the Brewers might be also dark horse candidate to try to trade for a closer because they really did not want Josh Hader to be their closer coming into the year. They wanted him to be like just eat up the seventh and eighth innings and get K's. Yeah, and Jeff- but he's like he's been good, but I don't I I still don't think that they want him to be their closer. Yeah, yeah I think probably. Because they wanted to kind of get Jefferson in that role, I think, but he just hasn't looked nearly as good as Hater. I think, honestly, at this point, they're crazy to take Hater out of the role with how well he's played. But they have always been. Yeah, Ken Giles, though. Yeah, that's fair. And Hater looked amazing when they put him two or three innings or whatever they've been doing the last couple of years. Yeah. All right, well, that's enough trade talk. We can break it up with a little bit. Uh, Vansel, you said you had some some interview questions for us. I'll ask one real quick to kind of get us kicked off, and then you can take us away after that. Um, I have a question. So I want three bucket list items from each of you. Brock, you can start. Okay, so my first bucket list item is I want to visit every major league park. So, like, when I retire with my my ten of a wife who might be kind of dumb, um, just tr- drive her around and to go to all the the major league parks, um, watch a game. That's like number one bucket list item. Number two, ever since I've been little, I've always wanted to watch the ball drop in New York, like be there with all the confetti and kiss my ten of a wife. Um, nice. And then my my third one is it's pretty soft, and I'm kind of I'm just soft for writing this and saying this, but. It's watch my kid or kids get married. Um, like if I have a, if I have a daughter just wa- wa- walking her down the Lame. aisle um, and ha- handing her off to her her significant other would be make my life complete. With your ten of a wife in the crowd, right? Of course, and my daughter or son would, of course, be beautiful because of my wife, not me. All right, Vance, let's hear your bucket list. Uh, so mine, pretty similar to Brock, um, not have any kids is top on my bucket list. <laughs> Avoid that at all costs. Um, I'd say retire on the beach <laughs> is another one for me. Get pretty good at golf. And then to wrap it all up, I know you said only three, but I added a fourth. Um, watch Brock's kids get married. Nice. Thank you. I, Nice. What about you, Nick? Uh, my bucket list, I want to hike the Appalachian Trail. 
at some point. Are you guys familiar with the Appalachian Trail? Yeah, I've already done that. That's just 100% false. It's part of it. Um, this trail that goes from, I think, Georgia all the way up to Maine takes, like, uh, I think six months or so. You got to start kind of early spring, and you go through, say so you're up in Maine, like, during the summer months when it's warm. I think it'd be really fun. I'd want to take a dog or something or some sort of a companion. You just hike for like six months straight. It's pretty amazing. When I stayed, your ugly, your ugly wife, right? Well, no, I meant an actual dog. Um, I I ran in, <laughs> I ran into somebody that was hiking the Appalachian Trail. I spent a summer up in Maine after my freshman year uh, teaching tennis, and I ran into somebody hiking the Appalachian Trail, and he was just I talked to him for a long time about it. We hiked with each other for a little bit. I kind of met up with him on part of the Appalachian Trail. And it just seemed like something I would really want to do. It seemed pretty cool. Um, other than that, uh, some of the things I want to do, I think just getting married would be awesome. Uh, definitely something on my bucket list, something that I really want to do, and have kids. Um, sorry, Vansel, but I definitely um, definitely want to do that. And I'll be, honestly, um, not, to kind of, not to kind of jump on board with Brock here, but visiting Blame. every major league ballpark is something that I definitely want to do. No, I agree. That's something I want to do. Just yeah. without kids. Right. Of course. Um, I also want to... Um, I want to learn another language. I don't really know which one. German. You sound pretty cool if you know that. That's fair. My grandpa knows German and it is pretty cool. Sprechen Sie Deutsch. Yep. He says that a lot. And I was just saying no. All right. Anyway, Vance, you got you got some questions for us. Yes. So, so let's say you're just hanging out, and you leave wherever you're hanging out, and you find a lottery ticket with ten million dollars as the winning ticket. What do you do with that ten million dollars? Hmm. We'll let Nick go first. Well, I would definitely visit every major league ballpark. Um, that'd probably be the first thing that I'd do. I'd, and that, I don't think that that would use that much money. Um, I would definitely have season tickets in the green seats at Bush Stadium for the rest of my life. Um, definitely would never get rid of that. Those seats are amazing. I took a Bush Stadium tour just a couple weeks ago. And, like, it's food, all-inclusive parking. You get to park right behind the stadium. Food, all you can drink, just everything is just super nice. So definitely I would have green seats for the rest of my life. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I'd probably invest a decent amount of it, so I would never have to work. But not pay for your kid's education? No, I think I would probably pay for my kid's education. Weird how that wasn't your first thought when you claim you want to have kids. <laughs> Guess you don't even really care about them. All right, Brock, what about you? <laughs> um, my first thing would be pay for my kid's education. Of course. Um... I that is a father fatherly man right there. <laughs> I would probably <laughs> buy I don't know, just like a nice car and I was trying to think of what car. I just don't really know. Probably like a Corvette. Um and then I would probably it's gonna sound so lame, but yeah, I would just invest it. So I didn't really have to work. Um I would buy a nice house. It's a really good idea, bro. Uh, but probably just invest it, you know diversify my portfolio 
Makes sense. What about you, Vance? I would buy a nice house on the beach, then I'd buy a nice car, and then I'd use the rest of my money to buy Brock's 10 wife away from him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah. Next question. Is cereal a soup? <laughs> why or why not? Brock, I'm going to say you first on this. Okay, Brock. I'm, I'm going to say no because off the top of my head, I think one thing that constitu- constitutes a soup is that it has to be warm. And no cereal is warm. And as well as it's a solid, like you could eat dry cereal, you can't eat dry soup. Um, so I'm going to go, my gut instinct says no. Yeah, I'd say no for similar reasons. I was trying to think of a cold soup, but I couldn't. Um, and also the dry, the dry uh, example was a good example that I hadn't really thought of as well. So yeah, definitely. And I don't know, just milk and broth just seem very different. For me, I think you're both wrong. It 100% is a soup. You can eat soup dry, like chicken noodle soup. You can eat chicken dry. <laughs> and just because it's hot so, or cold, so it's chicken it's soup. <laughs> I mean, there's chicken soup. What quali- qualifies something as soup is whenever you take something and then add a broth to it, in my mind. So then when you take your fruity pebbles and then put some milk in it or put it in in milk milk being the broth it becomes a soup a breakfast soup and you can but, definitely eat but cereal is cereal without the without the milk then that's just cereal <laughs> is, is right and that would not be soup yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah plain cereal, but chicken isn't soup either it's once you put it in a broth it's soup so chicken soup is soup. Cereal, once you add milk, is all right, soup. All right. Do you have another? Do you have another question? Of course, I have another question, Brock. What? If you had to make up a conspiracy, what would it be? So I have one. I'll give you time to think, as this is a very uh, loaded question with uh, Area Fifty One and everything. So for me, my theory um, is that government creates wind. They use the giant like wind with turbines. With those big, the big yep. fans. Mm-hmm. That is how they create the wind. Why? I don't know. Just to ruin people's day? Maybe. Who knows? It's the government. But that is my conspiracy theory. I would start. My conspiracy theory is I talked about it last podcast, but it is that the government has a cure to cancer, and they just don't want to release it. Um, for the reasons that I was yeah, in the other podcast, that is a conspiracy. That's not making up one. I've heard the wind. I've heard the wind conspiracy. That's why I said the turbines. All right, here's a better I've one. I've never heard that one. Okay, well, Nick, you can go, and then I'll just not say anything else. My conspiracy <laughs> is that uh, wrestling is fake, like Triple H and stuff. My conspiracy is that that's fake. Well, that's just stupid. I, t- I tried to think of something for a long time, and I just could not think of anything. This is a hard question, Mansell. You need to give so us more time. So we know who the uncreative ones in this podcast are. Yeah, I got nothing. 
This is a tough one. My conspiracy is that uh, Dallas Keuchel will never pitch a game with 12 Ks, but he did it today. That's impressive. He'll never pitch another one. I don't really think that's a good conspiracy. I think that is just a prediction. Okay, can, can we just, can we talk some baseball now, please? What in forty years will people be nostalgic for? <laughs> <laughs> Plastic bottles. You know how our parents are like, "Oh, I remember when we used to drink out of glass bottles." Well, we're going to be drinking out of like tin bottles or like cartons, or, and we're going to be like, "I remember when you could go to the gas station and get a." A nice cold Mountain Dew out of a plastic bottle. Uh, I think people are going to be nostalgic about. Huh, that's a good question. In 40 years, you said? Yes. Hmm. I bet people will be nostalgic about, like, I don't know. Something something about phones probably. Like in forty years I think people will be nostalgic. Um like something with our cell phones. Like our cell phones will just be like watches or they'll be like implanted in our um like we'll have glasses and then we'll just be able to talk to people and pull up screens and stuff like that. I don't think our cell phones will look nearly the same as they do now in forty years. I think it'll all kind of be a little bit more digitized. I think right. in 40 years, people will be looking back on the Area 51 raid and just remembering the good times of freeing all the aliens, <laughs> of seeing the aliens. All right. So, all right. Um, what? <laughs> we can we can talk about some baseball now. We got some. Uh, I got some random stats to talk to you guys about that I thought were pretty cool that I found. Um, if you guys had to guess, who had more home runs since July 23rd? The Guriel brothers or the Marlins or the Royals? Guriel brothers. Yeah, I was going to say the Guriel brothers. Yes, the Guriel brothers have 23 since June 23rd. The Marlins have 21, and the Royals also have 21. I think Yuli Guriel is playing incredibly. Um, he's he opened his stance up. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's the top hitter uh, and during the last month in terms of wins above replacement. Um, so I think that that's definitely pretty interesting. I'm curious, what do you guys think about his long term? Because he's pretty old, isn't he? I think he's like 35. Yeah. He's old. He uh, he opened his stance up. He met with like that hitting wizard. Um, I cannot remember the guy's name, but he told him to open his stance up. So exactly the wizard. So he can keep both of his eyes on the ball. Um, and he made that change, just like a slight opening of his stance. And he has just been raking. Um, long term, I don't, I wouldn't get too caught up in it. But for right now, it's, it's insane. Yeah, he's been definitely playing ridiculously. All right, if you guys had to guess what team had the most home runs in the, uh, like since 2010. It's like in the 2010s, or I don't know what you'd call those. It's not the 90s. I don't really want to call it the tens. You don't call it the, the tens. tens. That's weird. The no, tens. that's weird, Vansel. The tens. That's weird. Anyway, since like 2010. Who... The tens. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay, this podcast is going off the rails, Vansel. The tens. Since 2010, who, what team do you think has the most home runs? And I'll give you guys a couple hints. 
Um, the top three are in the same division. And four of the top six are actually in that division. Uh, so the... Uh, wow, this is actually interesting. I would guess I don't know. I, my, I was going to guess the Yankees, but I'm going to guess the Rockies, Diamondbacks, Dodgers. You're going to be I wrong on all three counts. I have no idea. Well, Bansel is correct with the Yankees. The Yankees are number two, though. Um, is it the the like Astros division? No. The top three are in the same division, and number two is the Yankees. I think we've already established which division it oh, is. Uh, you, you cut out. I literally – I promised mm-hmm. I couldn't hear you. So mm-hmm. the other – and top – and four of the top six are in that division, so it's all of them but the Rays. Or all correct. of them but the <laughs> All of them but the Rays would be correct. So just give me number one and number three, and then number six. Um, Red Sox. Are which Red one? Sox are which one? Red Sox are number one. Incorrect. Red Sox it's are number six. Blue Jays. It's Blue clearly Jays are number Blue one. Jays. How? Who have they had? Encarnacion, Donaldson, Batista, Vlad Jr. Batista, yeah. Nine home runs. They add up. Yep. So Blue Jays are one, Yankees are two, Orioles are three, and Red Sox are six. Camden Yards, uh, Yankee Stadium, Tropicana Field. Yes. All homer friendly. Chris Davis. Yep. Um, and then another fun stat, one team has yet to allow Grand Slam all this year. Who would you guess? That's that easy. Is? Yeah, let's hear it. The Dodgers. No. All right. They have yet to hit one or allow one? Yet to allow one. Because I'm pretty sure there's also only one team that hasn't hit one either. And that's it's... the Cleveland Indians. Well, it's the Mets. The Mets have yet to allow a Grand Slam all year long. All right. I've got another guessing game. Four players are slashing 300, 400, 600 this year. So that's batting average, OBP, slugging. Um, Three of them are pretty easy to guess. And the fourth, I think, is one of the more underrated players in today's game. And I'm curious if you guys can get all four. Trip. Trout, Bellinger, Yelich. Yes, those are the three that are easy. Now let's see if you can get the four. Um, 600 slugging? So they have I don't know. Like Josh Bell, maybe? It is not Josh Bell. Can I get a division? Alex Bregman? It is not Bregman. Can I get a division? No. NL East. NL East. Trey Mancini. I'm just, just not in the NL East. <laughs> NL East. It's a Freddie Freeman. It just reminded me of the, of the Harper. Is it Freeman? It is not Freeman. Okay. That's a good guess. Though. Is it Acuna? It is not Acuna. Well, what why, team? This is why I think he's underrated. He's on the Nationals. Oh, yes. oh Rendon. it's obvious. It is Rendon. Rendon. Rendon is slashing. Okay, what is with... Josh Bell slashing? I'm not sure. Not 300, 400, 600, though. 
Um, I think that it's interesting that Rendon constantly gets overlooked when he's up there with the likes of Trout, Bellinger, and Yelich. It's because he cut his flow off. Could be. Okay. His bat, it's 289, 370, 6'11". So he only hits one of of the three? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Or Josh Bell, actually. Yeah, I am right. Yeah. All right, next up, I've got some fun Garrett Cole stats. So in five years for the Pirates, Garrett Cole had two 11 strikeout games. For the Astros, in a year and a half, he has 16. That is absurd. He already has eight 11K games this year. Uh, the next highest is a five-way tie at four with Scherzer, Sale, Snell, Strasburg, and Verlander. Uh, and this season, he reached 200Ks faster than anybody else in the history um, of baseball other than Randy Johnson in 2001, having an absolutely ridiculously good season. What do you guys think about Garrett Cole? Just amazing. Not really a whole lot to say. Yeah, he's pretty good. Thank you, Vansel, for that. I figured that was coming. (laughs) Okay, we're all Cardinals fans here. I really, truly do not remember him being this dominant with the Pirates. Like, I always know he was good and didn't give up many runs, but I don't remember him being this good. Did you listen to the stats that I just said? Yes, and that's what I mean. I don't remember him being that good. Is it because he was playing on a bad team, do you think? And they just lost a lot? Right, well, he wasn't that good. I think that it was like the Pirates were having him throw like his two-seamer a lot when his four-seamer was more effective. So then when he went to the Astros, it was like, okay, you can throw whatever you want. And then now he's dominant. I believe. I mean, 211K games, like, that's still good. Like, not many guys are even capable of doing that now. Yeah, that's fair. But two and five years, though? where he has 16 in a year and a half. Like, he was nowhere near as good as he is now for the Pirates. Right. PEDs. So, yeah, it's... There was... Frankie Montas. What's his name? Uh, Trevor Bauer. I think back a year ago, I don't know if you guys remember this, he, like, tweeted at um, the Astros, or not at the Astros specifically, but he kind of was talking about a little bit of a conspiracy where when players go to the Astros, like, their spin rate increases a ton. He was, like, basically implying that they were cheating. I'm pretty sure Bauer well, the, and Derek Cole were roommates like in college and hated each other. Nice. Well, I'm that pretty sure that's the Ash the Astros I'm pretty sure the Astros accused the Colonels of cheating or something like that too, so Well that was true. <laughs> Alright, moving on. <laughs> Alright, well um, Jordan Alvarez. I actually have a fact for you. Okay, let's hear it, Vansel. Jordan Alvarez has 35 RBIs through his first 30 games. Did you know that set an MLB record? I did. Breaking That's why Albert I put Pujols it in our record. podcast notes verbatim. Thank you for that, Bansel. You're welcome. All right, next up, Colorado position players wins above replacement. After you remove Story and Arenado, what would you think? This is baseball reference wins above replacement, by the way. Uh, one. No, it's probably super high because they play with their defense. I don't know, like 2.4? All of their position players combined wins above replacement after you remove Story oh, and Arenado. combined? Yes. Is? I don't know. Negative 
I was about to say that. I wasn't that far. It is negative 1.4. And that's including Blackman. It's one of the lowest marks in, well, it is the lowest mark in their division by a lot um, once you remove the top two players. Um, Blackman has dropped off defensively just incredibly this year. His defense is really, really bad, at least compared to what it was in the past. Um, so I think that we were talking about trades earlier and how Colorado could be sellers. I think that that probably hurts Blackman's value a lot. Um, plus, we his talked about OPS. Right, his road OPS. Can you tell us about that, Brock? Uh, I don't know the exact slash line, but all I know is his home slash line is the best in the league, and it's not even close. And then his road slash line is just one of – it's just abysmal. It's one of the – like, it's probably, like, average, but for a guy of Blackman's caliber who's, can, like, widely considered a top-ten outfielder, it's just not good. I'll look it up right now as we keep talking so I can give you the real stat. All right, well, Vance, while he's doing that, I'm curious if you could watch any player in one sport get a chance to play out their entire career without a single injury, who would it be and why? Derek Rose. I kind of had a feeling that was what you were going to say there. He was just so good, and then every time it just seemed like he got hurt, which was very disappointing to see. That it's like his career, he's now just like a six-man when at one point he was like, one of the best players and just injury after injury. So I would say Derek Rose. Yeah, I've got a couple. I think that okay. um, even though his career hasn't really gone through, Alex Reyes, it's kind of a bummer. I don't think he's ever going to live up to his potential. Was like the top pitching prospect in all the league a couple of years ago. And now I just I can't imagine he's really going to live up to even half of what the hype was originally. But also um, the Dark Knight, I think – uh, Matt Harvey, I think that would have been awesome to watch him play out his career without ever getting hurt. Let's hear about okay, what he so got. Charlie Blackman's slash line at home is 415, 470, 848, which translates into a 1300 OPS. His road slash line is 237, 268, 389, with 609 OPS. Nice. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah, so I definitely don't, ideal. don't think he's going to move. At least doesn't look like a team. Because I'm sure teams look into that kind of stuff. I, I think he probably won't move, especially with his defense being as bad as it has been. All right, what about you, Brock? Did you hear the question that I asked, Vansel? I Is it the if you could see one player in any sport get a chance to play their entire career without any injuries, it would yes. be? Um, I, I really wish Vantel wouldn't have said D Rose because I, D Rose would have just taken the league by storm, taken the league by storm. And he was just so fun to watch. And he's been fun to watch, even though he really has no knees. Um, last year, he kind of had a resurgence, but D Rose was just such, such a stud. Um, I'm trying to think of the NFL. Gronk, maybe. I think if he wouldn't have had all those injuries, he would still be playing and could sustain his dominance a little bit longer. Um, He's just kind of a generational guy. Um, And then in the MLB, uh, I think Prince Fielder for me. I know he's starting to get older, but 
he was so good, and he just always had some nagging, just odd injuries, it seemed, that kind of derailed his career. Yeah, I think there really isn't any wrong answer here. There are a lot of guys that go down with injury that would be awesome to watch their career. All right, we're kind of pushing one hour here, uh, and I'm going to try and get back to vacationing. Um, I've got one quick question to ask you guys before we're done. I'm curious if you would prefer um, 40 to 60 degree weather or 80 to 100 degree weather? 40 to 60. Rock? 80 to 100. Yeah, I think I prefer 80 to 100 as well. Why do you say 40 to 60, Vincent? Uh, that's just more comfortable. You can just like casually wear like a long sleeve shirt and like you know, lighter clothing and still be comfortable versus like 80 to 100. That's just kind of hot. And, yeah, you know, I saw a poll. I saw a poll for this on Twitter and it was overwhelmingly 40 to 60. And I thought it'd be interesting to ask you guys. I think that if the poll was asked while it was like 45 degrees rather than now when it's like 95 in a lot of places, I think that the poll results would have been drastically different. I think you also have to think- factor in humidity yeah that's fair but the thing is like summer is so great and everyone is migrating to the southwest and the southeast because of the nice weather because it's such like you can go out on the ocean you can go into your pool you can be outside like you don't have to wear a lot of clothes and it's just there's more to do from there i think in the 80 to 100 degree range and Yeah, we had to cut Brock off there. He went on quite the tangent talking about the Marlins trades over the last few years. We will put that on our next podcast after the trade deadline. I highly doubt people want to listen to us for longer than an hour, much less when we're talking about the Marlins. Um, That will be all for our July 23rd episode of the Chin Music Podcast.